thread. God's truth tying together all the pieces of your life. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Thread. Hi, this is Chuck Quinley coming to you in episode 67 of the Thread Podcast. This time, the episode is about speaking in tongues. Weird? Yes. And we'll tell you why and why it's important to have a little weirdness in our walk with God. Um, Got a lot of questions that people ask about speaking in tongues, and we just want to spend a whole episode talking about it. I think one of the best books I've ever seen on the subject was written by Jack Hayford, and it's entitled The Beauty of Spiritual Language. Uh, Jack Hayford was from a non-Pentecostal background, so his journey into the gifts of the Spirit, including speaking in tongues, is, is pretty beautiful to watch how he tells his own story. My story, I'm a third-generation Pentecostal from a classic Pentecostal a denomination called the Church of God, which we claim to be America's oldest uh, Pentecostal church, 1886. And uh, so I grew up around miracles, healings, prophecies, and a whole lot of speaking in tongues. And I've seen uh, some things that I would think are the hand of God at work caused me to tremble, and it caused everybody else in the room I've seen a few other things that I thought was just a human getting a little too emotional. And uh, after a while, you know, kind of take that for what it's worth. But, you know, I think there's a whole um, aversion in modern Christianity to anything really supernatural, except for a nice, quiet healing where God comes and takes a cancer out without much of a show. But, you know, even if you wanted to accept healing, um, I mean, look at, the gospel healings. There are times that when Jesus heals, the sickness was caused by a demon. It's not just a physical illness. You know, the person hits the ground, they foam, they scream, voices come out. You know, there are times that Jesus takes spit, spits in his hand, and then rubs spit in somebody's eye. You know, so if someone says, oh, I was at this, uh, I don't know, Bible study group or in a church service, and somebody did something, it was weird. It's wrong because it's weird, right? And I have to say, well, no, not exactly. Jesus did lots of weird things. Go to the Old Testament. Prophets did extremely weird things, some very strange things. The point is, did God show up? You know, Did God show up? Do you expect God to just like come into the room quietly and like sit in the corner, sort of the modern God movies that'll have it started with George Burns, kind of this goofy, you know, old man. And he's just sitting there in the corner, you know. That's not the Bible God. He's just too big for that. He's wild. And when God shows up, he just shows up with his supernatural power. He doesn't care if we think we have a schedule for the day. He does what he wants to do. But that's what makes it real. And if God never shows up, I just have to question if we're just creating a, you know, another human club. We've got Rotary, Kiwanis, so many things. And now to just make one about religion, I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to be part of craziness, and, and well, that which is only human also. It's humans acting crazy and doing crazy things. And maybe we'll get to a little bit of that later in the broadcast. Um, we are looking at Acts chapter 2 the Pentecostal birth of the church. The early church was a Pentecostal church. 
it expected miracle signs and wonders, and it expected tongue speech. And you can see that all the way through the book. Uh, the the church is birthed with tongue speech. Everyone, Acts chapter two, verse four, all were filled, and all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them what to say. That's what it says. Okay. Throughout the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes to visit in power, people speak in tongues. There are miracles, there are divine visitations, and it goes all the way through the book. There is one instance where the Holy Spirit begins to move in a town. People are getting stirred up about their sin, and they seek salvation. And the leaders of the early church asked the question, but what about the Holy Spirit manifestations? And when they hear that nothing has happened in that city, they get very alarmed and send Simon Peter himself to go to the site and take some brothers with him and start laying hands on people because it's not right. It's not completed yet. It's not full. They were concerned about that because they were tongue-talking people They were powerful people in the spirit realm. They could face a demon. They could face spiritual battles. They could understand that even when they had to fight governmental leaders, they weren't fighting them. They were fighting spirits behind, just using like puppets, those governmental leaders. But it started with their experience, weird experience, strange experience, of speaking in other tongues. And as soon as they did it, people that were there and saw what was going on had differences of opinion. Some of them said they were crazy people. Some of them said they were drunken people. And some of them were just wondering because they were devout, the Bible says, if you're in Acts chapter 2, it says they were devout men. And when they saw it happening, because this was being done in public, which is another point. Let me just go off on a little rabbit trail here. Um, a lot of the modern ministry that we have, we have um, homogenized it and captured it inside a nice little Christian wrapper. We do preaching in church. The early church did preaching in public. You did teaching in church, but preaching was done to the world. You did it out where the world is. Oh, we're scared of that. Uh, So what we'll do is broadcast a church service to the world. We've lost our guts about facing the world directly and engaging them. God bless Billy Graham for getting out in stadiums and doing evangelism. And others who followed him, there's got to be a whole lot more of that. We need to get out. And the miracles and the weirdness uh, factor, you know what? The miracles go up when you get out in public and do them, and the weirdness goes down when you get out in public. When you go to some charismatic conference and it's like your 40th charismatic conference where you're going to get some new anointing that no one's ever seen from some gee whiz new guy that showed up, you know, that's, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And that's inside the house from the Benny Hinn carnival all the way through it. It's an inside house selling things to the Christian market that the Christian market wants to buy. And that's not Bible Pentecostalism. This thing was an explosive substance. It is going everywhere. It is spilling outside the church 
and it is affecting the world and affecting the people of the world. This is an evangelistic power that God has given to the church, not just something that inside the building we're all going to, you know, get in little groups and speak in tongues a lot. It's not, it's, it's power for the mission. Jesus said so in Acts chapter one, verse eight, and that's what it is. Let's talk about it. What were they saying when they were speaking in tongues in Acts chapter two, verse four, it says they were all speaking in tongues, but what were they saying? I think they had no idea what they were saying. They were just saying it. They just knew the Holy Spirit was moving on them, moving them to speak. They opened their mouth. They moved their tongue, didn't know what to say. And the Spirit gave them not ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, but words flowed out. Not words that they understood in any sense. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 says, He who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. Not to men but to God. And in verse 14 of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Why speak in tongues? Sometimes people ask me how we can know the difference between our thinking and God speaking to us. It's a good question. Now, how do you know when you just got an idea versus when God himself is speaking to you? Well, I think we have to admit that our spiritual dimension is a mystery to us. And we're just now getting a deeper understanding of even our body. That's just the earthly shell wrapper around our real self, which is our spirit, our soul. Now, my body is really me, and I'll always be in a body. So I'm not, I'm not going uh, Greek and Gnostic on us here. But I'm just saying, you know, my body is a wrapper. It gets old. It decays. Uh, it influences my behavior a little bit. And we've worked really hard to understand the body. It's our most obvious part. And we're just, we still don't get the brain. There's so much about the body we can't understand. But we know, you know, who I am seems to reside up in my brain. I have a spiritual dimension. I have a soul. The soul is the mind. The soul is my personality. The soul is my will. Okay, that's the soul, but that's still very human. Then there's the spirit. Body, soul, spirit. Body, we understand. Soul, mind, personality, will. Spirit. Ah, That's the very presence of God within us, bringing us our spiritual aspect, bringing that part of us to life. If we had a spirit before we met Jesus, it was dead, and he brought that spirit to life, and that's why we call it being born again. I'm not born in my body. I'm born by the spirit. John 3, 5, Jesus said, you must be born of the spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. When we are reborn, when we're born again, really, really born again, not just I prayed a prayer, but boom, something happened in me. I am a new creature. I'm changed. Not just a doctrine, an experience. I am not the same person. I am different in, in many different ways now. When we're reborn, our spirit comes to life. And this spirit that we don't know hardly anything about, it connects us to the spirit world. It connects us to all the marvelous resources 
and all the liberty of God's kingdom as it operates here on earth, the God part. My spirit connects to God's spirit. It's the God part, and it's that connection. But we don't understand that connection very well. I don't think any of us fully comprehend it. Most of us probably really don't even have a 1% understanding about spirit world. And we have to go into this with some humility and also carefully. You know, Paul set up rules in 1 Corinthians, and he says, okay, the rule is what you're doing and what you're saying, one, has to line up with Scripture, but two, has to be judged by other people in the group who are also on the spiritual path, not just the negative people sitting on the sidelines. But, you know, those who are also your brothers in the battle, those who are also seeking God, also growing with you, if they have to be able to judge what's going on and say, you know, I think that's that's a little bit over a line somewhere. Let's just, let's not go too far more into that direction. We need each other because this is, a, this is new ground for us. But if we're really going to have contact with Almighty God, you know, this isn't a seance and it's not a Ouija board where you're, you're all kind of moving this little plastic thing around, but somehow we are wanting to contact Almighty God. And if we do contact Almighty God, we must expect to encounter supernatural experiences. And I think tongue speech is given to us, and I believe that every single Christian can speak in tongues. I think it's already in you. If you are truly born again, something happened. That, trans, that transfer of, of spirit happened in you. You came alive inside. The voice of God's in you now guiding you. You've got a new conscience. You've got the, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is starting to grow in you. you know, a supernatural thing happened to you, a, tr- a genuine and true conversion the way the Bible describes it. You repented, you believed the gospel, you were baptized, and now God pours out his spirit on you in this way, and you change. Now, if you change, even if you didn't speak in tongues, I believe it's in you. You just don't know it's in you. Tongue speech is given to help us learn to cross over, maybe mentally, into that spirit realm, to learn to discern the difference between our human thoughts and the revelation of God to us as his children. And when I first moved to the Philippines, I didn't know why I was there. Uh, Well, I thought I knew why I was there. I thought I was there to be president of a seminary. I came in to look for a place for our family to live. I had made a 10-year commitment that we would move to Manila. And as I got there, day one, a great storm hit the country. They'd never had one this strong in 35 years. And I sat at my room uh, in this condo downtown, and I just watched things go flying down the street, water and wind. And then the next morning, this realtor called me, and she wanted to, to um, take me out and show me some property. Uh, and it was such a crazy circumstance. But, you know, because trees are down, it's like a disaster, and she's wanting to go look at real estate. But I knew I was supposed to go with her, and I knew that I would find something. And the reason I knew it was the night before I had labored in prayer and I was praying before God, Lord, I don't, you know, you know, your will concerning moving us to the Philippines, you know, why you're bringing our family all the way around the world. This is going to be our new home. It has to be done right. I can try to think it all, but that's not what I want. I want you to show me and 
the Holy Spirit began to burn something deep inside my heart and it bubbled up and I began to speak in tongues and I just spoke and spoke and it was like a, it wasn't just a devotional prayer. This was like a declaration of some kind that was coming out of me and I didn't know what it was. But when it was finished, I rested and I just laid back in the bed and went to sleep and I knew something had transacted in the spirit and something was done now. And I would just see what it was now in the future. So I got up the next day, went out with the lady. We drove around the fallen trees, went way south into a neighborhood. And to make a long story short, I ended up with a house within a couple of hours in a time that they were really hard to come by. Then uh, that house put me in a neighborhood where God had us plant a church. That church grew to 1,200 people. Today, I don't know, even bigger. Uh, with daughter churches in many parts of the Philippines and missionaries that have gone out and, you know, all of it because God needed me to be in exactly that location and meet the people that he would bring me to. Now, my human side, I don't need God to have to explain all this stuff to me. And sometimes if he did explain it, I could mess it up because now I know too much. I might make a decision thinking I'm fulfilling something and I just made the wrong decision. But to learn to walk in the Spirit. You know, to live in the very, very real world. Man, I live in the real world. But to have an ear open to the voice of God and to have a heart that's always in worship and to have an openness to strangeness, to letting God be God and do what God wants to do in His supernatural way, and even to, as Paul said in Corinthians, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. To say, Lord, I'm not trying to make myself somebody big. I just want to be all that you want me to be. I don't want to be an impotent, weak, word, you know, human word minister. I want to have Holy Spirit anointing. I want people who encounter me to encounter you. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 14, I speak in tongues more than you all. He didn't do it in public as a display. Watch me speak in tongues. Uh, that, that leads to a question. You know, should, uh, should people help teach others to speak in tongues by giving them nonsense phrases? Well, remember what we said in the earlier podcast about counterfeit ministry versus God's ministry. You know, there's man man-made ministry, doing God things for God, and then there's God at work. And I think that applies here. Tongues is the God part. To imitate it or pretend it or manipulate it, it misses the point entirely. If it's not an encounter with God himself, it's a worthless human experience. It's just more religious enthusiasm. Now, our part is to seek for this, to wait for it, to worship. If you've not had your breakthrough, you need to get you some good worship music. You need to set along, you know, set aside some times. If you can do it with other brothers and sisters and have some worship times together, believe that you're going to receive this. And in your receiving, say, Lord, a lot of my worship, I talk, but this time I want you to speak through me. Then just open your mouth. God will give us his promise. It is a promise the Holy Spirit, all the gifts, all the power. It's a promise from God. 
And this promise is for you. We're going to see that over and over again in the book of Acts. Seek God today for real experience with him. Walk in the spirit. Just get yourself in that worship moment and say, Father, I need this experience. It's a Bible experience. All over the world, people have experiences. Hundreds of millions of people testify to the power of the flow of the Holy Spirit and what this prayer language does in their life. And I want it too. find yourself that quietness, get yourself in worship, turn off everything, get away from everything that would distract you. This thing's in you. I'm telling you, allow it to bubble up inside of you. And at some point, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. You just speak it out. There's reasons for it, but there's reasons above our ability. Uh, It's above our need to know it. Just let it flow through you. You need to learn to cross the bridge between me as a thinking, rational person and me as a spirit being, Paul said, in the heavenly realms already. Although I'm here on this earth, my spirit is connected through God's spirit to God's presence wherever God is right now. I can be with him. I can sense him. I can receive what I need from him. I can walk in liberty. I can walk in boldness. I can walk without fear. I don't have to be bound by the things that bind the people in the world because God's spirit lives in me. And look, that spirit came into you when you were born again. It's in you. I promise it's part of you. It's part of you. Receive it. Believe it. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for anybody listening that has not had a breakthrough in the Holy Spirit. You know, in my case, I sought that for so long. Many, many times I came to you seeking and did not receive. But Lord, I remember the day I did receive. And I was glad for all the seeking because I had been purified. It wasn't just another little thing I'd like. I wanted what the Bible said you had for me. It's my birthright. It's a promise And you keep your promises. And Lord, I pray for everybody who has not had this experience that you would keep your promise in their life and the promise would be delivered to them. That You would get them in a situation where others are worshiping and they can get caught up in that worship or all by themselves, Lord, even in persecution countries, that they could close their closet. I've had so many beautiful experiences with you just in a room all by myself. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill them, overflow their mouth, give them the tongues of men and of angels. Let them know that their mouth will be used by God as a voice in their generation. You will give them the power to communicate your message to their people. And you will give their hands the power to heal. You will give them authority over demon spirits. You will give them revelation, knowledge, discernment of spirits. All the gifts of the Spirit come with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we claim that as our birthright. We want it, and we're going to walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you've got any questions or you'd like to write me something about this, just write me directly, chuck at quinley.com. I would love to hear from you. We'll be back next time for more on Thread. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Log on to Quinley.com.